Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are back at Dune, and we have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and welcoming back, Dave Duncan. We've been away for a week. Yeah, it's it's been a bit, uh, but we're back. Sorry for all these gaps in Dune. Oh, well, it's only been the one gap, right? No, Did two gaps. Oh, we missed two gaps. Oh, all these gaps. Because you, you, you were you were on vacation, and then oh, I got right. married. So like we had back to back vacations. So we had like we had a missed a week, had a week, missed a week, had a week. Right, right. So well, congratulations on getting married. Thank and, you. Um, we had a nice time at your wedding, even though it was uh, a, a small bajillion degrees. A, a bajillion degrees. It's it's like getting married on Arrakis. It was it was like getting married on Arrakis. Ironically enough. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that's why we kind of uh, just kept away from doing for the week. So, but here we are. We were living it. We are living in Dune. <laughs> it's been really hot in Buffalo. This it is. It has been very painfully warm. hot. We we had a heat stroke. Uh, heat stroke. Heat. Um, we almost street. had heat stroke. Uh, yeah, it was about. It was in the mid nineties for almost a full week, which is unusual for Buffalo. So. And on my wedding day, it was like 97. Yeah, it was very hot. <laughs> really hot. And humid, so on top of that. So, um, so Dave, we are now uh, into the chapter where we meet up with Dr. Kynes. He is the plant, uh, planet ecologist, and he's the emperor's judge of change. So He's, he's a the, judge, huh? Yeah, he's the judge. To make sure... I'm not... It's not really... You know, spelled out really clearly, but it basically says that here's this guy, and he's supposed to make sure that the changeover from the Harkonnens to the Atreides, uh, everything goes right, and nobody's doing anything too shady. But he's only one guy, so how much could he possibly be able to do? He's got his uh, Guido's working for him. <laughs> hey, what you guys doing? You got that spice? You got the spice? You got that? How'd you how'd you know how to do that, man? How'd you know how to make that uh, desert style? <laughs> that desert, it's desert fashion. <laughs> um, we started off with a real quick um, uh, beginning of "In My Father's House" by Prince uh, uh, by the Princess Erlan. Uh, uh, In yeah. my father's house, I was beaten with a stick, sometimes <laughs> with a belt, and sometimes with a whip. He was kind of kinky. <laughs> he was a jerk. Um, so he said that my father Pashar Empire took me by the hand one day, and I sensed, uh, and I sensed in the ways of my mother had taught me that he was disturbed. He led me down the hall of the portraits in, uh, to eagle uh, likeness of the Duke, uh, uh, Duke Leto Atreides. I marked a strong resemblance between them. My father and this man in the portrait. Both uh, with with thin, elegant faces and sharp features, dominate, uh, dominated by cold eyes. Princess daughter, my father said, 
I would uh, I would that you'd have been older when it came for time for this man to choose a woman. My father was 71 at the time and looking no older than the man in the portrait. But I was uh, but I was but 14, and yet I remember deducing in that instant that my father secretly wished the Duke had been his son and disliked the political necessities that made them enemies. Aww. So he really wants to hang out with the Duke, but it's... It's not fashionable to do so. Well, his daughter was too young to marry to marry her to him. So, well, it's not too late, you know. If he would have held out for a couple just more wait years, a little bit. Yeah, because he's only Lady Jessica is just his concubine. So, yeah, I mean, not that open. He's not married yet, gals. <laughs> he's still a free bachelor. He is, and I'm a hundred percent not. <laughs> yes, that's right. You're off the market. Um, so uh, that was the beginning little intro that they gave there. So we got sort of like the emperor likes Duke Leto and wanted Duke Leto to be uh, part of his house at one point, but things didn't work out that way apparently. Um, so uh, we jump now into the main story and we get introduced to Dr. Kynes. As we said, Dr. Kynes is the planetologist. He kind of studies the ecology of Arrakis, but he's also the judge of change for uh, the emperor. Uh, and he's the guy who's supposed to decide, not decide, but just make sure everything's going, uh, transitioning correctly between the houses when they take over the fiefdom of Arrakis. So, but we find out that he's, um, He's a little different. He's not, uh, how should we put it, Dave? He's not, even though he's in the Emperor's service, he's been with Fremen for a very long time. He basically is a Fremen. I mean, kind of the way he acts uh, later in the chapter kind of proves the point. Because he's like, how'd you know the Fremen? Right, right, exactly. So So how'd you know their Fremen, man? Hey, how you know them? How you know them? You run with them? So, you been to Arrakis before? <laughs> I haven't seen you in this neighborhood before. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, yeah, so Doctor Kynes arrives at the uh, the hangar bay for uh, the Atreides, and he's he seems a little like put out that he's got to even deal with the Duke, and and you know just getting him like just just having him giving him a lay of the land. Like he's sort of just like, I like, I can't even be bothered with these people, which I mean, I, I get to a certain uh, extent, but it seems that the Harkonnens have been way more strict like that. Yeah. I mean, weren't the Har- Harkonnens just complete assholes? And like, weren't, I mean, like, wasn't he at a point like, just like, God, I don't even want to deal with anybody. Well, uh, yeah, it's it just, it just so weird. It seems like everyone else, you know, it seems it gets way more lax under under the Atreides, and he's just like, oh, I have to call this guy Lord. Like, didn't you have to like lick Harkonnen's toes or something like that every time he was in there? Like, I mean, I just, right. I just don't. It just seems like it's a step up from what you were working with. Right. Exactly. I, well, maybe he just hasn't met them. This is the, obviously the first time he meets them. Uh, Gurney has to coach Doctor Kynes. This is, uh, Gurney tells Doctor Kynes. You may call the Duke my lord, sire, nobleborn. Also, is, uh, is also correct, but you uh, but usually reserved to more formal occasions. 
The son may be addressed as young master or my lord. The duke is a man of much leniency, but uh, but brooks a little from familiarity. So basically, it's just like you still have to give him a little respect when you talk to him. Um, <laughs> so, but then Dr. Kynes thinks when he's being coached by Gurney, he says, they'll learn soon enough who's the master in Arrakis. Order me qu- uh, questions half the night by uh, that man tat. Will they expect me to guide them on, expe- uh, on an inspection of this spying mind, uh, spicing mine? Do they? So he's like indignant that he just has to show up. I guess it's just it's it's bizarre. Like I, I figured uh, things would be worse to the Harkonnens. It just he just seems annoyed at everything. And then he kind of even goes on and says, I'll have Stilgar send Duncan Idaho's head to the Duke. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's uh, kind of plotting in his head. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so they make their first uh, introductions. The Dr. Kynes meets uh, the Duke and the um, Kynes is there with a bunch of Fremen behind him when he answers this hangar bay. Uh, he's dressed in his still suit, but he also has like a, his veil and his desert cloak with him. Um, and he obviously has the blue within blue eyes as well. Um, I also enjoy getting high on spice. <laughs> I'm Dr. Kynes. Hey, I'm Dr. Kynes. Hey. <laughs> I'm Dr. Kynes. Hey, I like, I like desert sand. I got like worms. I like learning about moisture evaporation and I love to do a line of spice. You guys got some spice? Off a hooker's ass. You know. <laughs> so so he meets uh, the Dr. Kynes meets the Duke, meets uh, Paul, and then Gurney's there as well. But obviously, as we've said before, that he had talked to Gurney and he must have talked to uh, Thufur as well as he was questioned by Thufur. So um, they... Um, they start doing a little introduction, a little back and forth, saying who they were, and this, and they notice that he's got the Fremen escort that's with him, and um, then he comes in to meet them, and he goes on to show them that he he gifted the Duke and Paul uh, still suits uh, that are Fremen made. These are like, like this is what you want when you go out in the desert. You don't want the Walmart still suits. No, it's, it's not good. It's gonna have give you give you a little leakage issues, so uh, so he he goes in and he starts showing the Duke how the suit works. So we get the whole thing about the uh, the suit, how it. Um, Dr. Gaines, could you give me an explanation of new workings? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay. <laughs> Is that the Duke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, he says, so the Duke says, we're in your hands. And uh, so he goes in and he says, uh, he, he goes to the suit and he says, it's basically a micro sandwich. Sandwich. It's got a little pastrami. It's got some salami. Really spicy. You got, got a little olive oil on there. It's really good. Really good. And the most important part is that process you shit and piss into thigh pads. Yes, thigh pads. It is uh, urine and feces are processed through the thigh pads. Uh, can't get that in any regular hoagie bun. Yeah, take that back to Jersey. Smoke that. 
smoke that spice. Mmm, poopy spice. So he goes. <laughs> so he he goes through and he tells them how it works and basically says. You're only going to lose uh, in in deep desert. You're probably only going to lose like a thimble uh, worth of water. And uh, then he says, you know, well, so you after- know the water you spit out on the table, you know. Yeah, that was the thimbleful. So, so he uh, he uh, he sets up the the Duke correctly, and then he goes to Paul, and he says, uh, Doctor Sa- sees sees how Paul's wearing because you've worn a still suit before. And Paul says, no, this is the first time. Did somebody adjust it for you? No. Uh, no, I didn't know nothing. <laughs> Your desert boots are fitted slip fashion at the ankles. Who told you to do that? My concubine. <laughs> it seemed the right way, he says. That most certainly is. And then he thinks to himself that there was a uh, prophecy about the their their uh messiah saying that he shall know the ways as though he was born to them and then the duke's like come on we're wasting time so paul put it on right and i'm a dummy so and so he gets into uh their um their uh uh their not copter i was gonna say helicopter othopter and uh this is the first time we've been in one of these i believe i don't think we've been in one uh so far so they're basically like giant dragonflies yeah robotic robotic dragonflies yeah and um he takes off and and as they're as they're going they're they're flying through uh and they have escorts too with them like uh the they have the duke has guards flying along with them just in case they're attacked so and um security's tight of course too and of who's uh, who's around them but they're going to go watch uh they're going to go watch a, a sand mining operation out in the desert so that's what they're going to do they're going to go yeah. watch a big worm swallow up a sanding operation <laughs> so um while they're flying there's a lot of questions thrown at dr kynes uh one is about these uh as we recall last week we we're talking about the duke talking to uh Thufer about getting uh access to those um what do you want to call them um ecological stations uh that the emperor owns and he's trying to press them like you know we could use those and he's like those are the emperors yeah but we could use them yeah but those are the emperors <laughs> but does the emperor actually use them right you know yeah yeah does so. the emperor you know actually use them okay okay mm-hmm. and um Anyway, so he's trying to push for that, and then he goes into um, uh, he. I mean, Doctor Kind starts talking more about also about the ecology of the planet. Paul has a lot of questions about like how plants grow, and uh, they see at one point a, a bird that the Duke sees. And how do worms have babies? How do worms have babies? <laughs> well, you see, when a worm loves another worm. <laughs> <laughs> they have gay sex because they're worms, you know. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's no, the, it's the only way they can do it. They're worms, right? That's how they do it. They get a little, uh, little worm action. Yeah. So, um, so as they're flying as well. Uh, Gurney picks up his. Uh, um, I keep wanting to say sitar, but it's not a sitar. It's his. Um, uh, oh, forgot the loot. Not flute, but he starts singing. Uh, he starts singing about um, the desert, and basically he's talking about uh, the Israelites being 
<laughs> in the desert and eating manna. So, oh, he likes his new orange Catholic as the new black Bible. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, so he's uh, so they're they're flying along and and Gurney's singing songs to them, and uh, as they're going, uh, like like I said, they do see uh, they do see this bird, and Paul's kind of. Uh, kind of shocked that their birds of that size are are alive on on the planet so it's you know it's it's interesting to him but Welcome then they start to jurassic park yes i know um and then they start talking a lot about the worms and they talk about um dr kinds goes into uh, ways that you could survive if a worm was to attack uh and how how you would try to keep away from a worm and different types of sand that you want to keep away from um which we'll see a little later that he uses some of this information to escape from a worm attack. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, Dr. Kynes kind of gives like a, a kind of a one-on-one on, on worms, uh, and how they all live in the desert and how they hunt. And, um, and so, and then the, there was another strange thing. They talk about, uh, how the worms, if you cut them into different pieces, they says, um, uh, Paul asks how the worms taken, and Doctor Kine says, "High voltage, electrical shock applied separately to each ring of seg- uh, segment is the only known way of killing and preserving an entire worm." You went into Christopher Walken a little bit. That was great. <laughs> they can be stunned and shattered by explosives, but each ring segment has a life of its own. Barring atomics, I know no explosive powerful enough to destroy a large worm entirely. They're incredibly tough. So, like, you could just, like, cut a worm in half, and the other half will st- it'll keep living. So the segments are, like, they're, different. They're, they're kind of like starfish, right? Sort of like human centipede kind of thing. Ooh. That's kind of <laughs> sexy. No, it's not. Did you ever see human centipede? No. Where they sew uh, the mouths to the mouth, ass. Yes. yes, but I saw the South Park version of it. It's human centipede. Oh, okay. Which is pr- pretty good. Yeah, so, 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 and then he gives them the whole things about how to keep off drum sand or tidal or a tidal dust basin and stuff like that. How they can reverberate sound while you're walking across them and the, attract the uh, attract the worms. Also, obviously, shield generators will make worms go completely insane and go after you. So they go bonkers. They yeah. just love it. And uh, so, and they get to the point where uh, they get to the uh, the 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 spice uh, sand uh, production. There's a big cloud of sand, and there's this uh, big sand crawler. It looks like a giant beetle, they say, and it's got a plume of uh, sand coming out. So they're using this centrifuge to pull the sand out, and they siphon out the the spice uh, during this. Uh, the Duke sees a worm sign and it's a big one that's coming through and uh, they start sending um, the hey, uh, Dr. Kynes, is that, uh, that the worm sign over there? <laughs> <laughs> worm! Big one! <laughs> so he, he calls in uh, to the uh, the crawler and the um, they, they say, hey, that's a worm sign and then they say, uh, who who found that worm? Because there's a there's a bonus if you find if you see a big worm sign, you get a bonus. And Gurney says, "Hey, why don't you just tell them they can split the worm sign all among them?" And it's the Duke that found it. 
So, no, Duke's taking all the money. He needs to pay for new crawlers because uh, the Harkonnens, they yeah, uh, they a little hard up broke. on cash. Kinds, yeah. uh, I could use that. Yeah, use I could that use that dough. <laughs> yeah, I could use that dough. Okay, <laughs> I need some money. Um, I'm kind of poor, you know. I just moved here. <laughs> they didn't pay for my move. It's all on credit cards. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so they, when they they do the uh, do, do the whole, uh, they tell the crawler, but then they have to have these uh, uh, this carryall is supposed to come and pick up the the sand mining operation and pick it off the ground and fly away before the worm comes. But the carryall is nowhere in sight, and um, they they wait and wait, and then this thing is like twenty minutes away. The worm is going to approach in about twenty twenty five minutes. And it's not showing up. So the Duke makes the decision that he's going to um, he's going to pick up the crew along with his escorts and uh, the other uh, spotters that are flying around. They're looking for a worm sign. So uh, they all land and the, the, the spice miners are like, we can't leave all the spice here. And he's like, fuck the spice. You know, your lives are more important. Arrakis lives matter. Yeah, that's right. So uh, after some coaxing, uh, what did he say that he was going to do if they don't uh, pick him up? Uh, didn't he say he'd like beat them if they didn't? Like, yeah, something. Uh, there's something about it. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Um, he's he was kind of aggravated because they didn't want to come out, and finally they all came out. And um, so, so they all jump on the the orthopters and and they take off. And, a orthopter, hmm. and then they uh, they watch this giant worm come up and just consume the crawler completely and destroy it. And uh, Duke's pretty pissed off because he just lost lost another uh, sand uh, processing sand crawler. So he's pretty pissed off about that. I keep losing all my stuff. Okay. <laughs> you guys are really fucking things up here. You guys are real downer. Can we get rid of the worms? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as they're fly as they're flying back, uh, he noticed that. So Paul is sitting in the back with the with the um, uh, he's sitting in the back with the spice miners. And, oh, one of the things they did is they threw the shield generators off the other orthopters because they're useless anyways. And they got to make room for the people. Yes, and and for weight, so they do that. Um, But Paul sees that there's two men that are still out there after the worm takes the the sand crawler and crushes it. And Paul's sort of just like... Like well, there's two guys out there still. And he's like, oh, they came with us. They were. They just wanted to see how ma- they make uh, sand or how they make spice. Are and, they Is it Fremen? And he's like, no, no. There's just like, we'll send a ship back. He says, ah, they'll probably be dead before you get them back there. And he's like, well, we'll send one anyways, just in case. And uh, and then uh, Paul, through his Bene Gesserit training, kind of knows that they're lying, that those are Fremen down there. So. <laughs> So he's not telling the truth about that. And that the and, kind's all thinking, man, this Duke, you know, he uh, he kind of likes people instead of hates on people, huh? He's, he's a pretty nice guy. Uh, he's, he's, he's a stand-up dude. Maybe I'll send uh, him Gertie's head in a nice flower box. <laughs> What's in the a, box? What's in the a, box? Instead of just a plain box, you know? <laughs> right. So, um, 
Yeah, and uh, there's one other thing that shows up that as they're sitting, uh, the the spice miner sitting back with Paul, one of the um, whispers, Leet, and it's looking at uh, Kine, and Kine turns around and looks at him. So this means that probably Doctor Kynes is Leet, this uh, person that's in high regard in the Fremen. Ooh, Mr. Kynes, oh yeah, Kynes, and uh, that's and like as you said, he thinks that he likes the Duke. Kynes uh, is kind of like softening up to the Duke, so he's like, you know, he, uh, Doctor, si- yeah, he thinks to himself, this Duke is concerned more over the men than he was over the spice. He risked his own life and that of his son to save the men. He saved, He passed off a loss of spice crawler uh, with a gesture. The threat to the men's lives to him. Uh, the threat to the men's lives had him in a rage. This leader, uh, this leader, such a leader such as this, would uh, command fantastic loyalty. But you know, he's still really pissing me off by asking about the emperor stuff all the time. Stop asking me about my job. I don't ask you what you do. <laughs> Anyways, and that's how the chapter ends. So, um, thoughts on Dr. Kynes? Thought about worm signs? and Dr. Kynes does a nice 180 throughout the, episode, in the, throughout the chapter. He's all like, ah, oh, I hate these people. And he's like, hmm, maybe I don't hate them as much as I thought I did. And he asks, hey, these guys ain't assholes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's good. He's interesting. I'm interested to see uh, more Dr. Kynes in the, in the book. I, uh, I don't remember much about him him doing anything in the movie after like the beginning. Yeah, he's I, not. I, he's, he's kind of stops showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Doctor Kynes. And uh, I, I think the roles expanded, or they're having more of it than the movie that's coming out later this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, works out. Yeah, uh, Doctor Kynes. Uh, Doctor Kynes, um, he's going to be played by. Um, uh, he's not going to be a man, actually, for this. Uh, what was, uh, let me just find it here. Um, he's being played by a Bene Gesserit. Yeah, he's. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be played by a woman, a black woman. Swap with Sharon Duncan Brewster from Rogue One. Hmm. I don't remember her from Rogue One. That's the only problem. I'm sure she was probably a bit character because I don't remember her either. Because I just. Mostly just remember what's her face, uh, Jen Erso. Right. Yeah. No, I don't remember which what part she played in uh, Rogue One. And then there was the Mon Mothma. I don't remember any other women having big parts in Rogue One. So I'm sure she was like a background. She player. was Senator uh, Pamelo. Mm, right, I'm sure she was just at one of the meetings and had like one or two lines. You get those plans. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing a picture of her for Rogue One in her, uh, but I definitely do not remember her whatsoever. I th- she probably had like three lines. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it, wasn't, I don't. it was at one of the, the council meetings, I'm sure. She uh, she's she's in a lot of parts. She's also she's in a Doctor Who episode, and but and she's in a lot of TV and stuff like that. So. Nice. I'm looking at her IMDb. So she has, she's, but yeah, so she's going to be Dr. Leah Kynes. You know, um, 
I, I don't really see that being a big deal. I mean, some I heard some people freaking out that sh- it's a woman. I'm like, does it really matter if Dr. Kynes is a man or woman? It's kind of a smaller role anyways. I mean, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see how it turns out. I think, I mean, I, I heard they're expanding Lady Jessica's role a lot in the film. Or oh, are they? I, I don't know if they're expanding Dr. Kynes' role or not. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to see how they, they put this together. Um but yeah, so Dr. Kynes, so potentially is Liet. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. You know, we didn't um, we didn't uh, know who Liet was before, obviously, and um, and then also, you know, Paul is kind of sizing people up. Paul's always doing that. Yeah. So um, oh, and the other thing I uh, we uh, forgot to uh, bring up is that. Um, we won't we won't know this yet, but uh Dr. Kynes's um uh father to Chani, which is uh Paul's girlfriend later on. Oh gotcha. Yeah, oh. but yeah. So is Dr. Kynes her mother in the new movie? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting, and you know he's he's obviously been on the planet long enough to he knows how a lot of the ecology works. So that's what he is. That's what he studies. He says he studies like uh, like soil core, sample cores, and obviously all plant life, and uh, obviously the worms and the spice. So it's got to be a, actually. I would imagine that's a huge undertaking to learn everything about a planet. Yeah, and Paul was asking about uh, what's the relationship between the 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 worms and the spice and they said there is one they just don't know like what and he just was being coy on it because i guess the harkonnens totally uh did not want to know or didn't want the information to come out about right about what the link was if there is a link right and on top of that uh he was kind of aggravated that paul at being like 15 years old is asking all these adult questions (laughs) so your your bridges are too big for you paul (laughs) You gotta stop this shit. Uh, yeah, so anyways, but we're going to do the one chapter because it was a kind of a long chapter. Um, hope you're reading along with us and enjoying our recap of these. Um, let us know if you like uh, Dr. Leah Kynes talking like a New Yorker Jersey person. Christopher Walken type. Guess- <laughs> I'll have to work on my walk-in impression. Well, you slipped into it for a second. I just see Christopher Walken in my head. It's great. Because <laughs> he does have a little bit of a Jersey kind of accent. I don't know where, where is Christopher Walken from. I don't know. He just, I, he, the Christopher Walken accent is, is its own. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious um, where he actually is, um, where, he's lo- where he was born. Well, you know they were considering him for Han Solo in the original Star Wars trilogy, right? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. I, I want to live in that alternate universe where Christopher Walken was. <laughs> Christopher Walken was until I was like, oh, Chewie. Uh, <laughs> you're a big nerf herder or something. <laughs> he, was, he was born in Astoria, New York. Oh, nice. So uh, right outside Queens. Outside Queens. Outside the Queens. Well, that explains it, I guess. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, I'm enjoying it, and I think next uh, next uh, chapter we get the um, what's it called the the, uh, the big dining scene. 
where they had the banquet hall, the banquet for uh, the all the important people. All the important people and the smuggler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The smuggler's in there too. Um, so we'll get in that for next week. So very cool. Any other thoughts or before we wrap this one up? None early is a good chapter. I, I like getting to meet Dr. Kynes and seeing uh, all the stuff come together and finally getting to see a worm. They've been talking about worms for a while and, you know, it's Dune. Everyone knows there's worms on Dune, so finally getting to it is kind of nice. We've been talking about worms forever and finally see our first worm, so... Mm, it's a big one, too. It's a big worm. That's what she said. Mm. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be back in our regular time uh, schedule for Dune. And uh, until then... Just remember, the spice must flow. Absolutely. Get the spice. Get the spice. Come on. You put the spice with the meatballs. It, it puts the spice on its skin or else it gets the lotion again. Or you could just give them pasta. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they like it. It gets the sauce. <laughs> All right. Bye. Shit our pants You're the best drinking friend I ever